Let's give it up for our band this morning, yeah? yeah? But let's especially give it up for the birthday boy, Benjamin Placide. It's his birthday today. Happy, happy birthday. I don't know the rest of the song, but happy birthday to you. Woo! There you go. Anyone else's birthday this week? Right here, Fareed, my mom's. I don't know who said that. Yours, yeah, Luz, Barbara, excellent. Well, happy birthday to all of you and yours. Instead of Merry Christmas, happy birthday to you and yours. Happy birthday, Ben. Are you doing anything fun? Just chilling? Okay. I hope you chill especially well for your birthday. Well, my name is Melody, and I'm one of the pastors here today, and hopefully tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. Uh, welcome this morning. If you are new, if you are visiting, whatever it is you are, welcome here today. Welcome to all the happy faces I already know well. Um, if you want to connect with us here at New Song and know more about us, uh, there is lots of paper in front of you. There's a connect card where you can come and meet us under the Easy App right after church. You can give us your name and an email and a phone number or nothing. But if you come meet us, we would just love to talk to you along with Grant, along with Josh, and um, just get to know you a little bit better. Um, and if you are also just joining us, we have this mission statement that we're actually going to dive in deeper starting today. Uh, and it's right here on the wall, and that is to be transformed by Jesus. By the whole, I'm saying it wrong. I've had so much coffee it is to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, follow Jesus, love people, and do good. Yeah. And so, right? And so we are 100% on mission with that, and that is a series we are kicking off today called 100% on Mission. And so there's so many ways for you to participate in that. Number one is, what did you do today? You showed up, yes? So good job, you're right on track. <laughs> Um, we're all on track, because I could have stayed home today, too, I suppose. Um, but the first thing is show up, and that is what we do. And um, another way, again, in the seat back pocket right in front of you is uh, giving. Uh, we give. We give to support the ministries here. We give to um, just all the different things, and that is just um, a commitment that we have. Let's be 100% on mission together, and that means resources sometimes. And so um, there's so many ways to give. There's probably a slide right up behind me. Yes, so there you go, all the ways to give. Um, but uh, just welcome today. How about that? How about we all just take a breath? How about I take a breath? <sighs> breathe out the coffee. Breathe out the fumes that are <laughs> just flowing from my pores today. Uh, a couple of things that I want to tell you about. Uh, number one, next Sunday is Daylight Savings. So y'all get an extra hour. Does anyone feel thrown off completely for a week when the time changes? Yes, yeah. It takes me like a week. I'm cranky, my head hurts, and I'm just like, ugh, ugh, I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh wait, we fall back. So next Sunday, just change your hours. Your iPhones change themselves. Does Samsung do that, Chris? I don't know. Hmm. There's an iPhone Samsung issue in our house. Um, so, right? Um, so change your clocks next week. But also, 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 next week is Community Sunday where we stay together and we chat over some hot, hot soup. 
and it'll be nice and cozy. Oh, soup in a cup. Who doesn't love that? Soup in a cup, hot, hot soup. Just stay after service. Share a cup of soup with someone. Um, if you want to bring a soup, talk to me afterwards. We'd love to try your soup. I'd love to try your soup. Um, so next Sunday is community lunch. So don't forget about that. And lastly is, I have a really cool story to tell you guys, okay? So everyone, everyone listen to my story because you've been listening to me so intently up till now, right? Okay, so on Thursday night, we had someone come up to our pantry guest line and she came up and she said, Melody. And I said, huh? And so I was wearing a t-shirt that said my name on it, Melody. And I was like, oh, right. So when we serve the high school kids across the street, we have these t-shirts that maybe some of you have seen. It's called the Brew Crew. And we have one and it says our name on the cup sleeve, you know, like at Starbucks, right? Everyone's with me, okay. Uh, and so she says, Melody, and I say, oh, right, my t-shirt. And she's like, no, 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 I have something to tell you. My daughter comes to the Thursday Connect. So she was here with you this afternoon, my two daughters, excuse me. And I said, wow, super cool. Please have them, you know, look for me. Melody, obviously, please have them look for me. And, and we just chat a little bit. I was like, okay, well, I need your address just for the pantry information. And she's like, actually, I live right here in the condos. And I said, oh, <laughs> interesting. And so she said, and if you don't know where the condos are, the condos are, I'm going to say this wrong, right this way, right? The condos. Here we have Charter Oak, here we have condos. And so she says, uh, we come and we sit in your garden sometimes for dinner. And on the weekend, sometimes we sit here for lunch. And then I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, and then I probably got way too excited for her liking. It was a little aggressive. But I was like, oh my gosh. So we have tried to get in those condos. Like we want new, uh, the condo resident and that's okay. And she's like, that's okay with me. So I said, excellent. So here's what I'm going to tell you. This was so, so cool because we, we want our neighbors to know who we are. If you are visiting with us today, if you don't know who we are yet, we want to make our presence known to the community around us. And right, church, who you, this, is, this is where you call your home. This is what we do, yes? yes? Yes. And so I gave her, let's put it up on the slide, I gave her an invitation to the Christmas walkthrough, our very first Christmas walkthrough, December 3rd. Now, this is going to be something where we invite residents of the condos. We invite residents of Charter Oak. We invite the over 200 students that come on a Thursday to the Thursday Connect. We invite our pantry guests. Anyone who is connected to our church, we are going to invite to this first ever Christmas walkthrough. Don't you want to be there? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so you're going to be there because I'm going to be standing right out there as you leave. I will find you, and I will take your name. And some of you know, where's Debbie and Mike and Peter and Kelly? Where are you guys? No. I was like, you guys look like you're leaving, but you guys also look like you might want to volunteer for this thing, right? So I found you, yes? Yes. I'm also a little aggressive with that. So just be there. It is going to be so cool. I promise you will not regret volunteering for this. So please find me afterwards because I want to take your name. 
I want to take your information, and I want you and me and everyone in this room to experience what it is like to be a presence in the community. Yes? 100% on mission? Excellent. All right, I know Linda is. <laughs> I know the, I need the rest of y'all to say yes, yes? Excellent. All right, so I'm going to pray over our first kickoff message um, to be 100% on mission. Will you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you so, so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for the hot coffee. Thank you for the iced coffee. Thank you for the snacks. Thank you for just everything, for the music, for the sound, for the lighting, for, for our special guest singer this morning, God. God, thank you so much that we are just able to be here, be who we are. But God, thank you so much for the, the opportunity that it is to be 100% on mission. God, as Grant kicks off the sermon series this morning, God, God, you, you have led us to this mission statement. You have made us follow this mission statement. God, would we do things that you put in front of us, God? May we always follow your will and your calling and live into this as fully as we possibly can. Lord God, I pray for Grant this morning as he brings us the message, as he brings us all of who he is, all of what he says, all of what he does, God. God, would we be able to feel your presence here today? Bless Grant. Bless us. So uh, my name is Paul David Hewson, for those of you who don't know me. Does anyone know who that is? Paul David Hewson? Oh, Ishmael. Who is Paul David Hewson? It was Bono's name, real name. His parents did not name him Bono. Is it Bono or Bono? That was kind of fun. And if you missed it, then at 10 o'clock every Sunday, we do some music, and it's all kinds of stuff. This morning, we did that song uh, by you 2 called uh, I Will Follow, uh, because we're talking about a particular part of this, which includes the word follow. Uh, and actually, I was looking at an interview with, with uh, Paul David Hewson. Uh, I refused to use his new name. And um, so he, um, he said it's about unconditional love, and it's also about his mother. He had a really, really rough childhood. One part says, I was on the inside when they tore the four, four walls down. His, his home life just kind of got wrecked. So it's about this kind of longing for a connection with his mom and for unconditional love, but it's also totally connected with God. He says, if you walk away, I will follow, you know, this pursuit. So we did that this morning for a very intentional purpose, uh, theologically, but also because I love music. <laughs> And I love musicians, and sometimes it's brilliant for these people just to bust out some, some music and, and, you know, push their limits and their skill, and, and it, we get to enjoy it. So thanks to all the musicians, they sit and they practice, they work this stuff out every week for all the songs that we do on a Sunday. Um, so my name's actually Grant, um, and uh, that's my real name, and uh, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for uh, just being present the last four weeks for the series that we did about Why Do We? And if, you're, if you want a refresher, it was why do we hide, why do we collide, why do we divide, and then last week was why do we pick a side. And there was a, a lot of, uh, I think, heart work happened and head work, and there certainly was for me. Um, but this, we, this morning uh, starts, as Melody said, the beginning of a new four-part uh, series, 
And it's about this banner on the wall, what it says on there, um, the statement uh, to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And for those of you, I've only been here just over four years, and I, I, I came here, kind of inherited this as a statement of what this church is about, and I love it. You know, I've, I've been in churches before where every time a new pastor comes, whoop, ripping that statement up and doing a brand new one, right? And, uh, you know, we, we, and sometimes they're so long, it's impossible to remember them. But I think I really appreciate this one, and we thought, let's really think about it. Um, this statement, we hope, guides us as a community, both individually and collectively, but not just any community, a community that seeks to understand and live and share what is commonly called the gospel, which means the good news. Our world has been interrupted, invaded by this gospel story through this man, Jesus, God with us, and he has interrupted all of our broken habits and habituations, and he has interrupted with grace, love, and truth, and he calls people to himself. We're calling this series 100% on mission, and when I first, uh, well, um, Justin first made this thing, we're thinking about it, I was like, you know, this could be, go two ways. First, it could be very like an unhelpful sense of confidence in ourselves, that we are 100% on mission, not 50%, not 80%, not 99%, but 100%, aren't we doing wonderfully? Or an unhelpful sense of guilt. Well, I don't know if I'm 100% on mission. I'm just exhausted this morning. Um, But I think here's what I want us to think about when we think about this concept of mission as being really a partnership. And I have um, this Ephesians chapter 2, which is, is also on there, yeah. For we are God's handiwork, and we said this this morning together, we affirmed this, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I want us to hold this in our minds as we travel through these next four weeks. And the first thing I want us to think about is the intention of this statement. There's so much intentionality that you are not a mistake, that your times and experiences are not a mistake. Uh, You are someone who has been created, and there's a purpose about that. The first thing that God ever declared to be very good was a... Has anyone got a pin? (laughs) Or a tumbleweed? Anyone? The first, very first thing in Scripture that God declared to be very good was? It was a person. It was actually, he said, this is good, it's good, it's good. And then when he made a people, he said, very good. Am I correct or am I, should I go back to seminary and retake that class on Old Testament? Yeah, he, he kind of adds the sense of it's very good. Um, So there's a purpose and an intention to it. The second word is the word indivisibility. Where did you know this word from? Indivisible with? So I was thinking of lots of synonyms for this word, but I can't escape how right this word is for this passage. And say what you want about the states, whether how indivisible we are. Well, I mean, you know, we're human beings, right? But this word perfectly describes this reality of God and Christ and the Holy Spirit and, and we, not you, he says, we are God's handiwork. There's a, there's a connection, which we've been talking about, a unity, a oneness with uh, 
God, the Trinitarian idea of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we're invited into this, what was already a community, which was already a place of love, and we're invited to join it. Uh, we are God's handiwork, pre-prepared, uh, for God's pre-prepared good works. And the first thing God ever said that was not good was, Melody, did you drink all the coffee this morning and leave none for anyone else? The first thing that God said was not good was, maybe you two just blew my eardrums out, I can't hear, you're all talking quite capably and I can't hear a word you're saying. Yeah, being alone, right? A human being alone was the first thing that God said, this is not good. There's an indivisibility and we're, we're connected. So that's our confidence for this idea of being 100% on mission. And I have, everyone should have got one of these in your little worship guide this morning. Just stick this somewhere where you can see it. And, you know, check it out through over the next few weeks. And, and there's so much in here, just the words as they are. Every day, I think you'll experience a new richness of what this means as you go about your day. So intentionality and indivisibility. Uh, so this mission statement that we have is four parts. Um, and we want to understand them. Remember we did the words with friends? If you guys were here for that, we did words with friends. And it was basically, we said... We say these Christian words all the time. What on earth do we mean when, we, when we're saying them? Does anyone really understand? And, you know, words have, um, they, they hit our lives. Uh, they change us. So these, these statements uh, we think are very important. Um, and the first one we're going to discover, uh, discover today is not the first one to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. That's actually going to be the last one because that kind of wraps around the whole thing. Every part of this, is, that's the, our ultimate desire is to be transformed. But the first one is follow Jesus. Uh, this week on Wednesday, as we do every Wednesday, several of us were at the San Dimas Retirement Center. Yo, Farid. Hey, My brother from San Dimas Retirement Center is back there. And uh, Ken was with us. And Linda and Rana and Melody is there usually as well. And um, every time that we meet with these people, we play some songs, we take communion. And then we just do a little kind of message thing, and, and it's, it's pretty short, pretty simple, but the first thing we do is always ask a question, just to get people involved. And it's been like, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite season of the year? You know, uh, did you have siblings? Lots of stuff to get to know people. This week, I was like, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? And usually people are pretty, um, they hold back about answering some of our questions. You know, like the movie one, we got like two answers. Um, you know, you try and coax, but you know, they're just... You know, but this one, almost everyone in the room had some response to the question, who is Jesus to you? Which tells me that this is a wonderful place to start. And actually, we believe this is the starting place. You know, there's lots. I looked for it. Follow Jesus. You can follow Jesus on Facebook. You can follow Jesus on Instagram. Oh, there's Twitter. You can follow Jesus on Instagram. You can follow Jesus on Twitter. And perhaps that would be a lot easier for us to do. Can we just have the whole thing be a somewhat social media-based thing? We could easily publicize our following of Jesus, right? You know, the likes thing in your thing, what movies you like, you know, well, yeah, I follow Jesus. It wouldn't interfere too much with the rest of our lives, you know, you could dip in and out as you felt like it, right? Um, we could read about Jesus' thoughts every day what he likes, what he promotes, what he's into. He might share photos of, like we do, of meals, like he goes for brunch or something with his disciples, and he shares a picture of, you know, his, his meal time. 
although his account might get shut down due to his refusal to pick sides and his willingness to call out all sides with truth and loving challenge, his account might not last long because Jesus was no respecter of people and he would say what he needed to say when he needed to say it. We're not like that, by the way, so be careful, right? So what we're going to do, think about this, we're not going to do a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram follow of Jesus. We're going to look at Scripture. That's what we do, look at the Bible. So we'll start in the Old Testament. We're going to go Genesis 1. Okay, pull the, we're going to read the first three books of the Bible um, this morning, just to get a real handle on this. <laughs> now you're awake and frightened. Awake and afraid. Okay, so the concept of following God, actually I looked into the stuff about you know, the, the Hebrew concepts and the words, isn't really in the Old Testament. The, the idea of like follow God is not really there. And apparently the reason why it is avoided as an expression of devotion to God is because it was used pretty much exclusively to apply to pagan gods. They would say they followed after Baal or whoever this God was. And so it was actually not used because it had very unhealthy connotations. And, and I was trying to think of examples of words that we can't use because they have unhealthy connotations. And there are many of them, but I can't say any of them here. <laughs> Believe me, I tried, right? There are some words that, or even just words that fall into disuse. Like I changed a word on the Break Dividing Walls song. The word brethren was in there. I changed it to people because most of you probably don't really know what brethren means. Um, so the Old Testament has a different concept. It's, a, it's the concept of seeking to walk in God's ways. And there's, there's a difference there. Uh, to obey the law and continue in this unique way of life that they've been called into. Um, and this was to be a witness to the uniqueness of this living God, Yahweh, the God who was keeping his promises and had freed his people from slavery in Egypt and was bringing them into the promised land. But the idea of following was not really there. It was more about seeking to obey uh, a way of life which covered every aspect of life from what you ate to what you wore to what you planted in the ground to every aspect of life. It's not until we get to the New Testament and the coming of Jesus that the word follow begins to be used with a very positive connotation. This was a surprise to me because I was going to say, before checking the scholars, I was going to just go like, yeah, follow. There was a pillar of fire at night. There was smoke in the day, and they followed. And it's the whole time it's been saying follow. But actually, what is amazing is with Jesus, this is when it starts to happen. It's almost only ever used in the New Testament, this word for follow, to describe a disciple's relationship to Jesus. Follow. A special word, a sacred word. Jesus seems to have picked that word from his vocabulary, which many people use that word for other things, in his first encounters with the people he would call to be his disciples. And we have some examples here. Matthew chapter 4. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Bono. No, Bono, sorry, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, 
preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately left their boat and their father and followed him. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And what did Matthew do? He got up and he followed him. And then from John, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. There's common themes in all the kind of calling stories of follow me that Jesus spoke to these people. I'm just going to go through some of them and think about what is it, what does that look like to have been called to follow? Well, the first thing is individually called by name. He wasn't just standing on a hill with a general sense of follow me, although at times he would call a crowd from a crowd to call. But many, many times, and especially at this point, he's calling people individually face to face, follow me. The second thing is that they respond, these people. There are probably many people who didn't respond, but these people responded, all of them. There were consequences to their following. You know, when you choose something, you're saying no to something else, right? You say yes to something, you say no to something. And it was pretty drastic here. They left their nets, their livelihood, their father, or their tax collecting table. They were leaving to follow with no certainty to where they would be going. He didn't say, follow me, and Tuesday we're going to go to the synagogue, Wednesday, depends, probably the spa, um, right? No certainty where they're going, no plan. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they're like, "Mm, we're fishermen, we don't understand, that's probably illegal. (laughs) You know, that's what he said, I'll I'll make you fishers of men. Um, did he say that to everybody? Probably not. So maybe he said some other things to other people that we don't have reported in the gospel of how he shared this message. But it was sort of like perhaps designed to get them curious. What does that mean? There's a lot of mystery in this. So after the first call, we see through the gospels what following Jesus consisted of for these initial 12 men and then a whole bunch of men and women. There's a lot of similarities. The first thing is they would go where Jesus went. They would literally follow him in his footsteps across the land. The second thing is that following Jesus led to new and radically different associations. Follow me, leave your former allegiances, and I am assembling those with whom you will walk, with whom you will eat, with whom you will travel, with whom you will learn and you will follow me together. A new family, diversity is incredible. You can't say the church should not include diversity when we have here a tax collector who worked for the Romans and was legitimately allowed to skim off extra from his fellow countrymen with a Roman sword making sure he could do it so he could pay himself. Hated. These people were hated. And then also, Simon, a zealot, and I know we have the word zealot means someone who's enthusiastic about something, but this dude may have murdered said Romans, or at least been involved in plots to do so. And now Jesus says, follow me, follow me. You are now to have peace with one another. You are family, and you have a new purpose together. And as we said last week, both could now perhaps reach their former group. There's a whole new set of purpose about even being involved with your former friends and the people that you were tax collecting with or zealoting with. 
Uh, it says that Matthew threw a party for his tax collector friends and invited Jesus to be a guest of honor. The next thing is learning through watching, listening, and doing. Lots of that. Lots of watching, listening, and then doing. Asking questions. I wonder how many questions the disciples asked. I didn't calculate it. If someone, wants, if someone likes doing stuff like that, go through the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and calculate how many times the disciples asked Jesus a question. Well, then, annoyingly, how many times Jesus answered the question? <laughs> you know? The next thing is there were crises of faith. There was moments when they had an opportunity to stop following Jesus. And it actually happened at one point where a whole bunch of them said, we're done. And Jesus turned to his friends, his people, and said, are you going to leave me too? And they said, where would we go? <laughs> you have the words of eternal life, you know? But there were moments when, when things got difficult. And actually, at some point, the crisis of faith became so extreme that they all did eventually abandon him. But the final thing about this discipleship is the most important thing is this, the faithfulness of the one they followed. The faithfulness of the one they followed was not dependent upon their perfect performance, but on the person who said, follow me. All the mystery was his. He was understanding as he went the will of God, and they were simply to follow him. And this is what the Bible means by discipleship. So, of course, that mode was only possible. Wouldn't it be great if we had Facebook Jesus or we could have literal, physical Jesus? It, doesn't it seem like it might be easier to do so? Um, but Jesus, of course, you know, he, he resurrected, and then through some kind of miraculous translation, he left his disciples physically. What next to follow Jesus? Well, we go into the book of Acts, which we all, we studied, like, not long after I was here, I guess we went through the entire book. Can you believe how many things we've, like, studied? It's pretty cool. We went through the entire book of Acts. And it begins with these words by Luke. We think this guy called Luke wrote the book. Luke wrote the book. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And he's referring to the Gospel of Luke. All that Jesus began to do and to teach. And the implication is Jesus is still doing and teaching, but just in a kind of different form. And this is where the concept of the Holy Spirit comes in, to empower the church, to continue to follow Jesus. And the themes are kind of the same. Individuals called by name. Christ selected people. Paul is one of them. You ever heard of Paul? Actually, he had a different name too. His name was Saul, but then he joined a band, and he changed his name to Paul, and it was a lot more successful. Hang on. Second thing is response. They followed. You know, something amazing. When Jesus calls a person by name, and you may have experienced this, and I hope you have, and I hope, or I hope you will. There's a response. Brought to a moment of crisis, will or I won't I? You know what? I've had moments of like that in my life where I, where, I, where I chose to kind of like shut my heart a little bit and go, I'm not ready. But there's other definitely times in my life where I've said, oh yeah, I'm responding. I'm going to follow as best I can consequences for leaving. I mean, think about Paul, man. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the head honcho of everything, and his whole purpose was to go root out Christians, arrest them, or kill them. And now suddenly, within like a period of like two days, his whole world has been turned upside down, and all the powerful people with whom he aligned himself are now his enemies, and all the people with no power for whom he was an enemy are now his family. 
That's a serious consequence. No certainty about where they would be going. That was the same. No certainty. We have maps of Paul and others' journeys, right? Have you seen these maps? They're in like Bible atlases and stuff. There's one, one of Paul's journeys. But they didn't get them in advance, right? Jesus didn't give Paul his map. So they needed discernment and trust. One thing different, though, now is there's a clear message about their purpose. You know, it's no longer, I will make you fishers of men. It's this. In Matthew 28, one of the last things Jesus said to his disciples is Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so Peter and Paul and the early leaders of the church and the early church worked out what this means. And it had so many components. It wasn't just evangelism. It wasn't just preaching. It was also service. We see in compassion and hospitality and generosity and justice and teaching, prayer, community, meals, worship. So similarly... In this time of the Holy Spirit, the following is also similar in what it looks like to do it. The first thing is going where Jesus goes. They would go where the Spirit was leading them. They would still learn through watching and listening and doing. And they would be asking lots of questions. But there were also crises of faith, as there were for the people who followed Jesus on the earth. Opportunities to stop following Jesus There was persecution, challenges. This faith was not profitable, it was not popular, and it was not always pleasant. You know I like alliteration. This one just came this morning, like bang. Not profitable, not popular, and not pleasant. And there were moments when they could choose to back off, to walk away, to cease to follow. But what we also see through Acts is the constant faithfulness of the one they were following. That's the thread. Even when they didn't know what to do, they didn't know where to go, they were up against incredible odds, literally in serious trouble, God was faithful. So what about now? Let's bring it into the 21st century. We're there yet? Yeah, we're there. What does it mean to follow Jesus now? So we could say, well, ask Jesus into your heart, right? Or ask Jesus to forgive your sins, Start going to church on a Sunday. Think respectfully about Jesus. It's the same thing, man. Same. Follow me. Follow me. All these other things have elements and stuff, you know, and we, we, we can have these buzzwords that we say as if it's the whole thing. But Jesus, to this day, is still looking for people who will follow him when he asks them to follow him. Same stuff. Individual, called by name. Jesus calls us to follow. We have a chance to respond. We can say yes every day. There are consequences of following Jesus. Our lives will change. There's no certainty about where we'll be going. As my mom used to say, it's an adventure following Jesus. I didn't really know what that meant because the Christianity that I saw was not adventurous at all. It was boring and it was limiting But when I kind of discovered that there's a beauty in in the mystery and and also the trust of saying, God, send me where you want to send me, 
our life has been like ridiculously adventuresome. Not always fun, not always pleasant, not always profitable, right? Or popular, but it's always been interesting. A clear message about our purpose. We have a purpose. Going where Jesus goes, we're still called to do that. I'm going to talk about what that might look like in a minute. Learning through watching, listening, and doing, that same pattern still applies. You know, we have a lot of resources these days that you can, you can watch. You can see there's some, there's some, I'm going to call them old saints, okay? No offense. There's some people in this building right now who have been doing this follow Jesus thing for a long time. And they bear both the wounds, but they also have the wisdom and a lot of experience. And, and that's what this is about. You know, we have these people who can show us an example of what it looks like. We can ask them questions. We can also pray. We can read the word. And even better than all that stuff is when you actually put your body into action and you do something. That's where we really learn, isn't it? Asking questions. We have this thing in the worship guide. If you look, it says, thinking, what's that again? Thinking aloud, A-L-L-O-W-E-D. Thinking aloud, you're allowed to think. And thinking aloud, aloud. So thinking aloud, like you say it, is aloud. We want questions. We want to have conversations about these things. That's how we grow and learn. Crisis of faith. Anyone amen for me following Jesus? There's moments where you feel like shrinking back. It's difficult. Opportunities come perhaps to just simmer down a little bit. Just, I know you need to take a break at times too, okay? There's, God gives us green pastures in which he calls us to lie down and we rest. But sometimes there's the opportunity that we feel like stopping. But the continued thing through this, once again, is the faithfulness of the one who followed. We follow. That's the whole story. Follow Jesus because he's faithful. You're never going to let, never going to let me down. I love Linda so much. When's Linda going to be in the worship team? Rana, high five. We're, we are all just a big worship team after all, aren't we? Um, so God draws us in and then he sends us out. So our confidence in all of this is that Jesus is already working in the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not taking Jesus somewhere when we go. We're following him into the world in which he is already present in the same very ways that he was to those who are marginalized, to those who are hurting, to those who are crying out in the night, oh Lord, help me. Are you even there? And we are supposed to be an answer to those questions. How do we do that? How do we do that? The same ways the disciples did that, with no real understanding of exactly where they're going to be going, but opening their ears and eyes and hearts to the communities around them and saying, here I am, send me. I will follow you into the world. In in John chapter 12, Jesus said, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. Where is Jesus? There's a a quote that Melody shared in one of her messages, which is one of my favorite poems about the the wonder of recognizing, as the hymn says, this is my father's world, and he is not excluded from it. He is present in our world, and it says, earth's crammed with heaven. 
and every common bush a fire with God, but only he or she who sees takes off their shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. You hear that? I want to see, I want to know you, Lord. I want to see you in my community. I want to follow you into the world, to come and to follow, to go, to learn, to trust. It is an adventure following Jesus. Perhaps that's something you need to take care of today. Perhaps you've been sitting in these seats for a while. Perhaps you've been sitting in seats like these for a long time, and it's got a bit stale, you know? We do repetition, we take communion, and we're we're just a bit weary of it all. Perhaps the news that Christ Jesus is alive in this world and is intimately involved, working, drawing people to himself, loving you, empowering you, every person, an important part of this body of which he is the head, and he calls us to follow him. I mean, really, repentance, this idea of repentance which we sometimes think is like beating yourself up because you're a terrible person, is about direction. It's simply saying, the direction that I'm going, no matter what that involves, our time, our resources, all the stuff that contribute to our general sense of direction is wrong. It's failing to satisfy me or, or achieve any purpose like we've heard about, created in God, in Christ Jesus, to do good works prepared in advance for us to do. Repentance is simply saying, I'm not walking that way anymore, God. I'm turning my heart toward you. You are the one I will follow. Amen. Forgive me for my lesser thinking, lesser imagination, lack of imagination. I want this adventure. I want to follow you. Forgive me, Lord. Take my life, for it's already yours. Do that today with no idea what it's going to look like. You don't know. You might not get a big flash of lightning and a sudden change of everything, but God is the faithful one, and he will take your life, and you'll start to notice stuff changing. You'll be like, I'm thinking differently about this. What's happening to me? People around you will be like, you're weird. And you're like, I don't know what's happening, but I kind of like said, Jesus, yes, I want to follow you, take my life. And you'll start to, you know, and then, and then let, let us people know, and we can walk with you, and some of these older saints can like, you know, encourage you. I tell you, I was talking, I mentioned it before, but someone was talking about why I'm a Christian and things, and I said, even if I discovered none of this was true, I would still choose to follow this because of how incredibly rich and powerful and beautiful this is in my life, and I do believe it to be true. So no social media, Jesus, that would be too easy, but a living Lord of all of our lives, and he wants more than a click or an amen, he wants all of you, he wants you, we seek to follow him. How do we? I'm going to give a really practical way you could follow Jesus this coming week, next few weeks. I'm going to invite this beautiful, talented woman up here. This is my wife. I can say that. Sorry, I'm messing around. And she's, is this on? She loves to feed people and all these things. Um, and we, when we first came here, the fact that there was a pantry and a garden, we were just like, that is beautiful because this place is surrounded by people. And one more beautiful thing is than, than a place that feeds people and also a place which creates guard, uh, cultivation and beauty and makes food to feed people with. So I, every week this uh, sermon series, we're going to introduce kind of like a ministry that you can hear a little bit about and also find opportunities to uh, participate. 
And the garden, for this reason, is be, the garden is such an uh, image in the Bible, you know. The world began in a garden, you know. Jesus spent lots of his time with his friends in a garden. Um, and there's promises one day of a renewed garden. And there's so many aspects of gardening that are just all about cultivation and growth. So, um, so Rana, tell me about the garden. What do you love about it? And how, does, how do you meet Jesus in the garden through like what you do week in, week out with the other folks that are doing it? That's too many questions. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Okay, I'll be punny for a second. Just share your heart. All right, so the seed was planted long ago. Uh, 2012, uh, I see Pat Vader and Barbara Ireland, Karen Turner, and um, Ron McDonald, I don't know if he's here, but there were some people that are here that started the garden, called it Seeds of Hope. Their kind of mission is the same as it is now, is to grow healthy food for our community and to feed people, and um, so we're still doing that. But um, yeah, so I think God already started that He's there. He's been in the garden for a long time. Um, first time I think I really could feel like this was something special was during the pandemic. And the first time I dug my hands into the soil, um, Terry Stratz and I were next to each other, and I just started sobbing. And uh, mm-hmm. unexpected. I'm also not good at speaking in front of people. But, um, Me neither. <laughs> get to the gap. Um, so yeah, so just digging my hands in the, the soil and just feeling and experiencing this miracle of like, we can grow our food and um, just the people that were there, it was a special time. Um, it was a time where you could actually be outside. Most of had our masks on, we're like six feet apart, but outside and uh, it was just something special happened that day. And I think, I feel like I really see God every time I see that garden. Um, People come from all around because it's this beautiful little space that, you know, in this thoroughfare of streets and cement, um, it's just a beautiful place that stands out. I was there one day, here's a good example, and Olga said I could share this, so um, I was working in the garden, and this woman came by, and she seemed kind of sad, and she asked if she could be in the garden, and it was the day that her, her cat passed away. Um, so we sat and talked, and um, her partner, uh, Claus had told her about this garden, so she just stopped by, and we sat, and we visited, and uh, I prayed for her, and we just began this, like, great relationship, and she's a great part of the garden team now, and uh, she's right here, and uh, thanks, Olga, so just lots of opportunities like that. People come, they want to experience um, the place, and it's just, I don't know, it's just a special sacred space, I don't know how to describe it, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think part of it is that we know that that is, God has intentionality for that place, but we don't always know what he's going to do, so we show up, right? We say, I will follow you into that space, I'm present, but just as you are, right? We all have different gifts and abilities and things, but we just show up, and the amount of conversations that all of us have had, even this melody, we've been praying We've been saying, God, show us how to connect with the people in the condos. We really we want to love them. We want to let them know we love them. And we've had the gardens been the place where we've met so many people, and now suddenly kind of a breakthrough, you know. And and for me, I I rejoice to say like this is a place where people feel they can safely just come and engage. So grateful for all the team, past and present. Ron, I wish more. Um, Yeah. So it's more than just about the food. The food is kind of secondary, (laughs) even though it's great to see things grow. Like we've had. 
Linda came before. We have a lot of, like, during pantry days, we have people who come who don't speak any English, and so we've got people who can speak to them, and Grace as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Hands up um, who's ever been involved in the garden ministry at all. Awesome, yeah. Great people here, yeah. Ashley, Linda, Catherine, yeah, tons of people. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's a magical place. Um, yeah, people have come. We've got people from Charter Oak. We've got people from the condos. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> so uh, future plans, what's happening in the garden right now, and then ways to get involved. Yeah, so right now... Um, we're starting our second growing season, which is exciting for me because coming from Washington, we only have one growing season. Down here, there's two. So if there's anyone that has lots of experience in gardening um, down here, please come and join us because I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. And uh, we started a new, or I started a little Instagram page so I can kind of keep track of what's being planted, what works, what doesn't work, um, and just to get different people's ideas. So yeah, it's been, please come and join in that. Every time there's a pantry, um, that's when the garden is, usually an hour before. Um, even if you want to just come and sit and help hand out the produce or just sit and talk to people, it's been a great place for just prayer. You don't have to bend down and get into the dirt unless you want to. There's some people, that's all they want to do. They don't really want to talk. They just want to get in there. So we've got compost that needs to be turned. Um, so, yeah, speak to me. There's always something to do, and uh, we want you there. I'd also say uh, just... Just come and hang out, you know? Come sit. If you're going to have lunch, you picked up something from The Habit or whatever, you know, I'm not advertising for The Habit, but whatever, right? Just come and have your lunch in the, in the, in the garden. I meet several people in the garden. We try and do that a lot when we have a meeting, we meet in the garden, and it's inevitably someone will come walking by and we'll have a conversation, and, and it just goes deeper and deeper into our community. Uh, we see all these threads of connection happening there. So just come, enjoy the garden, or, or come and share and volunteer there. I'm going to pray right now for this whole ministry. Lord, uh, you planted that garden, uh, the seeds to bring it to what it is now. Thank you for all the people who have been seeking how to use that piece of land. I think many of us share moments and stories of you've been prayed for, Thank you that 200 plus kids come to that garden every Thursday for coffee, but we know it's all about so much more than that. It's about us following you into the community, showing up just as we are. Lord, bless uh, all who participate in the garden. We pray for many more people who will say, how can I help? Pray for Rana and the rest of the team uh, that they would continue to have joy in all of this. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities you place before us and ask us to step into. We pray for more. Give us wisdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Rana. Yeah. So we're going to take communion now. Um, if you do not have, if you would like, so I'm just going to explain communion. This is something you don't have to participate in. Because this is something that people who have made that decision, say, I want to follow Jesus, this is where the direction I want my life to go in, this is the contents in my life that I, that I desire. Even if, like we say, you don't know what all that means right now, then this is something that we do to remember what made that possible, was that even though we were 
we had separation from a holy God, Christ bridged the gap, and he gave, as God himself, he gave his life for us to set us free from sin and from death, that we would no longer need to hide, we could come fully into his presence with thanksgiving. So we have this little piece of bread. If you need help with this, because it's a bit finicky, ask a neighbor. If you don't have one, would like to participate, raise your hand, and someone will bring you one. And, we're, and you know, so we're going to follow Jesus to the table this morning, okay? That's what his disciples did. They go prepare a place and then be there with me. But our bodies are going to remain still, okay? We're not going to the tables this morning. But our, hopefully our hearts and our minds and our will is actually moving towards that invitation. And then afterwards, we, we follow him out into the streets, out into the neighborhoods, into our workplaces, schools, parks, gardens. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us worship God together with our hearts, minds, and will.